Coog's house. All right. Ponies, cougars for what might be the last time for a long time. Let's look at what it's going to look like. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs today, the podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Angel, who's to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, please be sure to hit subscribe down below. That way you can get the latest for the Cougs on your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Now, uh, welcome back to the YouTube channel. It's good to see you again. We are up over 630 subscribers. Remember, at 750, we're doing a giveaway of a Houston Cougar Letterman jacket designed by Galen Robinson. Uh, cool, cool jacket, size extra large. So make sure you hand that out to somebody who is commenting down below. So make sure you subscribe so we get there and comment and like the video so we know that you're entered. If you watch this whole video and you've got nothing to say about the matchup with the SMU Mustangs on Thursday night, tell us if you like chips and queso or nachos. Now, in today's episode, we are going to preview the basketball game. Um, first, uh, I think there's... Uh, you know, I think obviously like a tenor around campus, there was a, uh, a tragedy at Agnes Hall on uh, Wednesday morning. Um, obviously, the the school put out a uh, handful of resources and a statement um, where our thoughts and prayers are with uh, the family and those immediately affected. Obviously, um, please, 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 if you are going through anything or you just need someone to talk to, um, continue to seek the resources and thank the campus or the greater Houston area, or just anywhere in your local uh, surroundings, find places and people to talk to. Um, Houston, the University of Houston did put out some uh, materials on that if you were affected by it or or otherwise. Um, so please, please do so. And then we, we obviously are sending our thoughts to those immediately affected. Um, the other piece of news at U of H campus these days, and what is only an awkward transition, is Houston still is looking for potentially an offensive coordinator. Um, not a whole lot of news on that since we recorded that bonus episode yesterday. Um, so whenever that breaks, you can guarantee that we'll start hitting it right away. Um, or whenever more news comes out, we'll start hitting it right away. Right now, the only name that's been linked has been Spavadol, and we talked about that a little bit in yesterday's episode. So we're going to leave that as it is before we jump in the SMU game. Um, however, please understand that you can come right back to this news feed shortly after news breaks and we'll try to get to that the best you can obviously you can find me at painters 512 for my immediate reactions as well they're just that kind of thing you have to read i guess all right the first segment of this episode we're going to kind of quickly recap like broad stroke things that happened in the first version of this basketball game second segment look at some like themes and x's and o's kind of stuff that uh could happen again um or that should happen again or things that might change and then in the third and final segment we're going to look at um, honestly, how this works out kind of like a trap game for the Cougs and what could go south for U of H. But first, let's jump in and talk about the game. Now, the first game, Houston won running away. Uh, it was 87 to 53. And I mean this as harshly as possible. It did not feel that close. Um, SMU scored the first basket and then Houston went on a 24 to nothing run. It would take eight minutes 
for the SMU Mustangs to get their second basket. Meanwhile, Houston had scored 24 points. It was 24 to 4, 12 minutes in the basketball game. Um, just a total blitz by the Cougs. It did not look like SMU had seen anyone as big, strong, and fast as Jairus Walker, who had uh, 11 of the first 13 points, the first four consecutive baskets of the basketball game, and then followed up with a three a couple seconds later. Um, on the whole, it just looked like you know at home, Houston ran them out of the gym very, very early. Houston only had, uh, they had three guys at 25 minutes and nobody over 25 minutes on the 40-minute basketball game. Um, I kind of that right. Oh, just kidding. Emmanuel Sharp had 24 minutes. So two guys at 25 minutes, Marcus Sasser had 26 minutes. And then I guess Emmanuel Sharp had 24. So all around that area, um, nothing too, too crazy. I mean, uh, Darius Bowser got four minutes. Ryan Elvin got four minutes in that first game. That kind of a running up the score blow. Those guys work really hard. I'm not saying they don't, obviously, but anytime we see both of them on the floor for more than a few possessions, it's like, oh man, like Houston's running away with this one. Um, the biggest story and takeaway from that was Houston's rebounding advantage. Houston had 20, had 54 rebounds. SMU had 26. Houston missed uh, 37 shots and had 21 offensive rebounds. That's little less than a uh, two out of three ratio, or two out of three uh, fraction. I'm, I teach history, not math. Um, now, I think all of that is to say that Houston's athleticism, speed, and intensity appeared to overmatch SMU in a way that I certainly, if I go back and look at the preview of the first matchup, did not predict. I don't know that I'm going to predict that, predict that in the second matchup either, especially playing in Moody in Dallas. I just don't know if that is a safe assumption. But what I will say is, is that in that matchup, you had Jairus Walker, again, 23 points in the game. To that point in the season, that was his career high, and he did it in just 25 minutes. Um to be fair, the scoring otherwise was fairly spread out evenly. Uh, Juwan Roberts at 11. Uh, Tremont Mark had 10. Mark Sasser had 14. Terrence Arsenault had 10. Uh, Javier Francis had 8, including a couple of big thunderous dunks. His length was a big impact in that game. Go back and remember, uh, both teams start guys around 6'9", but when Javier Francis can stick his arms up and play more like a 7-footer, feel, things feel really, really disproportional. Um. The one thing you could say as a knock is like, where was the scoring was Jamal shed who in 25 minutes had just two points, three assists, three rebounds. Um, what I liked about shed in that game, if you go back and watch was the mentorship he gave to a guy like Arsenal or a guy like sharp um, moments in that game where it felt like he was a coach on the floor, working them through things. Um, and then there was like a clip at a timeout where like they, they broke to the timeout and he is like chewing out Terrence Arsenal. Right. And it's like, Oh, that's him coaching him the way Samson has coached him that you know trickle down effect of that for for a long time now um and so really really strong game there um smu went to a zone and that's kind of where Jawan roberts got unlocked it kind of took uh jairus walker out for a half second because he was playing more like in the slot perimeter area and then they quickly readjusted and put him in more like the short corner spots um and where he could elevate if the ball went to opposite um the short to the slot and he was kind of working back and forth between those spots um and then the ball gets the nail at uh, Juwan roberts top of the key and marcus sasser and get quickly rotated to him and he get attacked from there um jarris has played very very well as of late um and they've had several days off i think it's been eight days since the last season cougar basketball game and that game uh remember last wednesday was kind of at the end of like end of several like 
they had a like tight window with like big turnaround between uh, Wichita and Philly, and then like had a couple days off and then played at home. And now they've had eight days off and played just up by 45. And all that said, I think Houston will be ready to go. What I'd imagine happens is uh, the big, big story here will be Zurich Phelps will have more than six points. I don't know how many points he will have, but he will have more than six points. Uh, he played with a hamstring injury he was dealing with before. Um, he has looked very, very good since. And fairly recently, when they beat Temple, we'll get into more of this in a second, but when they beat Temple, um, he was uh, he had uh, 20-something points. Uh, 20 no 19 I'm sorry 19 points um big big score guiding for him in a in a you know he is leading the conference uh in or leading the uh I'm sorry the country in like usage rate like he is controlling the ball at a high high level and really really helping them turn their season around as he's getting healthy in the second segment I want to talk a little bit more about what could change and what could look different however I do need to take a moment to talk to you about our buddies at FanDuel. Now, FanDuel is the number one sports book in America, and it's our new partners here at Locked On Network. It's the midway of NBA season, and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel as it is America's number one sports book because new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a thousand with a comma in it. That's a bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Now, this is the part where they want me to tell you about what NBA bets to go with. I told you to put some money on the Rockets, keep being closer. That decisively did not happen. So I'm going to lean actually more into something I know a little better, like the Houston Cougars. They have the line set at Houston being favored by 16.5 points in this game on the road. I think Houston wins by 20. Um, I think they're in the more of the 20 to 24 range, which to be fair to SMU is taking 14 points off of the difference from the first game. So I don't, I think that the game is closer, but I don't think it's 16 points closer. So I'm taking Houston and the points there. Um, the over-under set at 138 and a half to be fair. Uh, the last game score, 87-53, would be over that I imagine this game is more like, let's say, 85 to 65, 80 to 85 to 60. Uh, that would also be over the over. So I'm hitting Houston. I'm saying they win by more than 16.5 points. I'm saying take the over, and I'm saying to do it at the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets, if you want to combine all of them, for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so I said in this segment we talked some about um, how this game could look different because. Teams see each other twice, and the second one tends to go different, right? Houston played Temple twice. Temple had our number the first time, and we had theirs the second time. Probably The second half of that game is probably the best half we've seen Houston play in a long, long time. Maybe like the first half of Alabama, you could pick your half against Virginia, right? Those are the kinds of games we're talking about. Um, you know, Cincinnati, Houston kind of had a scare in the first game against Cincinnati and kind of held their own and held serve in the second one. Um, in this game, I think the most obvious difference will be does SMU do some kind of a shift on defense from the two, three zone that they got throttled in against Houston, even though Rob Lanier's squad has done it 
consistently since. They have stayed in the 2-3 zone in a lot of their games since, including as recently as their win over Temple or their close loss, I believe it was to Wichita State, uh, just a few days ago. Um, in their 11 games since playing Houston, uh, which was just over a month ago, about a month and 10 days ago, um, they are three and eight, which I think is deceptive because five of their losses were by single digits. There's a really, really like not so distant, far off crazy world where they are actually eight and three on those 11 games. Um, so truth is there probably should be somewhere in the middle. They've just lost a lot of the close ones. Um, Again, they beat Temple just last week, and I continue to reiterate that because we know that Temple is a tough matchup for Houston. And the transitive property, math, I teach history, not math, but the transitive property, as I understand it, doesn't work very well in basketball. However, that does make me pause. This team can beat good basketball teams. Um, I think what will be interesting to see is uh, SMU did not have a whole lot of success against Houston the first time around in the three-quarter court uh, like slow you down press the goal of which appears to be to make you take some of the shot clock there's some time off of the shot clock and bring the ball up not necessarily to force turnovers in the backcourt um, just as far as like how aggressive they are in trapping and stuff they've continued to do that against teams like Memphis and other teams that argue are more athletic than them and it's gotten better over the course of the season so keep an eye on that I don't think Jamal should have too much trouble with it but I do think they've gotten better at slowing you down and, you know, maybe slowing the pace of the game down a little bit, which kind of ironic. You think about the press, it's like a way to speed up the game. They're using it more as a way to slow it down. Um, and then, again, the Zerk Phelps being healthy. I mentioned it in the last segment because he just had six points in the first matchup. But it's not just that he's capable of going off and getting 20 or more points in this matchup. Um, it's that when he's really got it rolling – you have to change your own defensive coverages and that just shifts the entire game around. Right. Um, that's when, you know, Sam Samuel Williamson is, I believe he's the former McDonald's American, right? Like he can get going as the forward. If you've got to slide your help side over to protect Phelps, right. Or Zach, not right. He can shoot the ball pretty well, pretty efficiently on the season. And like, if you slide over to cut, cut off Phelps, does he get a kick out or do they get a hockey assist on that kind of a play? Then it's up with not all in the corner, right? Like suddenly they're a much different offense because of the way Phelps tries to score with a lot of high usage and a lot of, like they walked away hard and used to play for you. Not, it's not quite that dramatic of an effect. It's not 37% usage or whatever. Um, but having a high usage percentage means that you are the last player on your team to touch the ball, either via turnover or shot made or shot attempted, or you get free throws or what have you. You're the last player in your team to touch the ball in possession. He's doing that just under a third of the time he's on the floor in the last eight games. And that's a lot of the possessions ending with him touching the ball, either shooting the ball or what have you, right? So he's capable of scoring a lot of points. I imagine you see a rotation of guys on him, Shed, Sasser, the normal suspects. But we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, that'd be you know interesting to see if, you know, if, if he's having a 25 to 28 point game, does Houston go to some more face guard getting him out of the way? I was encouraged in uh, the media availability that uh, Samson had over the week and uh, previewing this game. He was quick to point out in the very first question that the big difference is that Phelps was hurt the first time and is healthy now. And I at least know that means that they are preparing for a different looking SMU team. Um, he didn't have any comments on Terrence Arsenal's health. Um, but I wonder, you know, Arsenal played very well the first time these teams matched up, and I'd like to see him back on the floor. It's been eight days since the game that he did roll his ankle in. Shout out to the Jordan 37. Apparently, those shoes you roll ankles in. Um, 
but you know, we'll see. And then um, I mentioned Zach Nuttall a second ago. Samson was the one who brought him up though as a guy that can potentially go off. Um, and then, you know, he was quick to point out that like Rob, Lanier, Rob Lanier's system is great for guys like both Zach uh, Nuttall and Zerk Phelps. Um, they're big guys. Odigji is playing pretty well um, as of late. Uh, obviously, to play Temple, we know with the big fella Reynolds in the middle, he's like 300 pounds. You've got to play pretty well in the middle to beat those guys. Um, and I, I'm interested to see how they start the game after having had eight days off. Coach said he's anxious about playing a game for eight days off, right? Um, having eight days between live games, are you used to the speed and flow of the game, right? Are you ready to come out from the tip-off? Or are you nervous? It's been several days since you've gone through the whole rigmarole and routine, right? How does that go? Um, on the whole, if Houston can continue to double up the rebounding battle and find Jairus in short corners, I think they'll be fine. I'm not worried about it or anything like that. Again, this is for all of the improvements they had over the course of the season. And Rob Lanier, I think, could turn that program around. They are, after all, apparently looking at the Pac-12. Um, for what it's worth, SMU is the second worst team in the conference by record, um, both in uh, both overall and in conference records. That is um, SMU is also the uh, the 34 point margin of victory is the largest margin of victory for Houston, not against a team named Tulsa in conference this season. So I think Houston ought to pull this out unless total catastrophe happens. Um, frankly, I feel like fairly confident. And as I told you in the FanDuel spot, that this is a 20 point win, even on the road. And worth pointing out, like a lot of Houston's guys will have families at this game, most notably Marcus Sasser. Mark Sasser from Red Oak, Texas, um, in the DFW Metroplex. He will have, as he mentioned in his media availability this week after practice one day, um, he's looking forward to playing in front of family and cousins and uncles and aunties and high school coaches and AAU coaches. And he'll have a full cheering section there wearing red and white, red and white number zero. I'm sure. I mean, there's frankly some cool NIL stuff you can buy is uh, look it up. It's really, really cool stuff. Um, and so, you know, I think they will be kind of geeked to play a little bit. You know, we talk about Ryan Elvin had the big cheering section in Philadelphia because that's where his parents are from. And he was originally born there, whatever. Da, da, da. He's from central Texas. That's just a I 35 for them. Right. Uh, same with Jamal shed. He's from Maynard, which is, uh, you know, kind of in Austin. Um, that's just I 35 for them. Oh, one second. Um, and so I think that there's a weird way where this might not feel like a road game because all these guys will have family and stuff there. But Moody is interesting. And frankly, pre-Fertitta Center, I think it was kind of a place that lots of us might have been envious of. It's a very nice basketball stadium, fairly intimate setting. And again, it's it's the last time, unless we see each other at Dickey's Arena in a few weeks for the conference tournament, it's probably the last time these two teams play in basketball for a long time because Houston's going to Big 12 next year. Talks about SMU potentially going to try and revive the Pac-12. Um, and why would you play these two teams outside of conference? The rivalry, I appreciate it. I like Dallas versus Houston. I like plugging that. Um, but I don't know if it's strong enough to plug a basketball home and home, right? Like, they're not SMU is not the basketball program that I think can actually get that with Samson. If Samson's going for a power five, assuming SMU got the Pac-12 thing, if you want a power five home and home, you're in the Big 12. Go play an SEC team. You know, go play a Big 10 team, right? Go play a traditional power. Um, so I don't know. This might be the last time for a while. And while that makes me sad, I do like the Dallas-Houston rivalry a lot. Um, 
I think that that could be enough juice for SMU. So that's not the only thing I could think that could think of that will help SMU in this game. So let's talk about that in the third segment. Uh, in the third segment, I want to talk a little bit about the the trap here. Now, admittedly, the last time Houston played SMU in Houston, they had to go on the road to play Cincinnati two days later, right? That was difficult to do, right? That was not an easy game to win. Cincinnati is very, very good. We saw in that game, like Landers Nolly went off, right? Like that was very, very difficult matchup, a very, very difficult game to win. And I'd understand if you'd have told me that in the SMU game, they were focused more on Cincinnati because Cincinnati is a more difficult opponent. That's happening right now as well for Houston. Houston is heading up the road to play SMU and then coming home for what is probably the biggest home game, really minus Alabama, on the schedule for Houston. And that's playing Memphis at home. Memphis is on Joe Lenardi's list to be one of the last four teams in at least. They are hungry. They got to beat Houston, frankly, to get in. Memphis beat Houston both times last season, right? So you know that they think they can. Um, frankly, their high score is a guy, Kendrick Davis, that was at SMU where you're going. SMU is also beating Houston. Um, they have to feel fairly confident, Penny Harvest Club, that is. And I could see Houston looking ahead to build their own confidence and get ready for that game this weekend. It'll be on major ESPN network channels and all the fun stuff. Really, really rowdy crowd. We're going to preview that over the weekend. But you and I are previewing that over the weekend. All right. It might be, it might be Friday in a bonus episode. We'll see how things shake out. What Houston has to do as a basketball team is not look ahead to that themselves. They got to handle business against SMU because frankly, if they want to have the kind of path they need to get to the final four, because matchups are really important for this team, playing a true seven foot, 250 plus pound big guy could be problematic for Houston to seal up a one seed. They need, they can't drop games like SMU. They've got to be ready to play. And so while it'd be fun to get just, just get ready for Memphis, the truth is they need to come out and throttle SMU like they did in the first game, get up 24 to two really, really early and ride this thing out. Everyone gets their 20 ish minutes of the game and then get get ready on Friday and Saturday, right? It's just, you know, what is it? A four hour drive, four and a half hour drive. Um, they should be fine. And so I say, I'd say that I'm encouraged, but understand the concern. Um, not to mention Samson saying he's anxious makes me, um, concerned uh jamal shed i think to be fair to him he mentioned this week that it is a difficult place to play um and then the underlying thing here that no one directly said but was kind of hinted at by several people is that you know if smu comes out in that two three zone you part of the best offense to beat that is just shoot the ball really well and shoot the ball really well on the road can be really hard <laughs> um Houston did it the first game, or the first game against SMU, not just by shooting the ball really well, although they did. Um, the three-point percentage was 33.3%, exactly one out of three, right? Shot the ball about 46% from the field. Um, what you got to do also, though, is attack the gaps after getting out of rotation and get to the nail, get to the middle of the key, and then drop off and get layups and dunks. Um, they've got to do that this game. They've got to get after it early, and they've got to bring the same energy. The way Jairus Walker rattled the rim for the first points of the game in the Fertitta Center, lit up the crowd, and got the team excited and going in full speed, ready to go from the jump, right? That's why they ended up being up 24-2. to two. They Because Jairus Walker said, this is how we're doing this today. They need someone to do that to start the game. Is it Jawan Roberts, the left hook? 
right? Is it Marcus Sasser three in transition? Is Jamal Shedd going through and dunking on something like he did against Alabama? What is the move that sets it off? I'm hoping it's Jairus again. Jairus is so much improved since the first time we played SMU, and we know they have no real matchup for him. Um, at least it didn't look like it in the first game. I, I guess, you know, Samuel Williamson maybe could at some point. Um, I, I just don't see it coming. So I'm excited about it with a little bit of nerves. Um, we will be talking through it the entire game for the game thread. You can find me at Paints with 512 on Twitter. Um, P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Twitter. I do like my stream of consciousness thoughts and a stream of tweets throughout the entire game. Um, we'll obviously have a recap on Friday. If there is any news on the SM, on the uh, SMU on the Houston OC front, we'll also do some of that on Friday. If there is any news on Big Twelve realignment, we'll also do some of that on Friday. So be sure you tune in the channel, hit subscribe down below, so you get you the news each day. Um, we got all that to do. Also by Saturday, we got to give you some sort of preview of Memphis because again, that's a big fun one to play on Sunday. So all those things are coming into your newsfeed as long as you hit subscribe on wherever you get your podcast to locked on cougs thank you so much for making locked on cougs your first listen of the day if you're looking for a second listen of the day i'm gonna recommend locked on college basketball because we just saw tennessee beat alabama and mix up a whole bunch of the seating stuff and you might see if houston can pull off two wins this i guess extended weekend houston back up to the number one spot come monday so check out locked on college basketball for your second listen Thank you all so much for making Locked on Cougs your first listen day. Locked on Cougs, a proud member of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Go Cougs.